Podcast listeners, podcast listeners, you're on the radio today. Werewolf by Night, directed by Michael Diacito. Composer by day, director by night. Moonlight as a composer at night. Just picture people sitting around their old radio, but it's podcast listeners. Like They've gathered. Yeah, man. One of us will be providing sound effects. It's a radio play, see? We're going to watch World by Night. Um, if you want to catch our reaction, that's up on uh, YouTube.com slash The Real Rejects. And if you don't care about that, just listen to us with talk. We will talk like that the whole review. The whole review. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's not annoying already. <laughs> How could it be? How could it possibly be annoying? <laughs> and, uh, okay. Yeah, let's get to it. So I'm like, my brain's firing a mile a minute here. All right, go. let's go. Let's roll that whatever intros on these audio things. <laughs> it's because of how you speak, see? <laughs> That was incredible. I loved that so much. I well was done. so worried when I saw the runtime for this that it was going to be a rushed mess. That was the exact amount of time. And I was like, this is actually really well paced and really well executed, and it's awesome all around. Yeah. That was so special. Let's, let's look out for credits, Easter eggs. Love these credits, too. Let's get Jake the Goat. Come on. <laughs> Put Blade in here. <laughs> Just his voice. It's like an old school Rob Rodriguez thing to me. Yeah. Shot, chopped, and scored. <laughs> by, oh, by Michael Giacchino. <laughs> Michael Giacchino. <laughs> what a directorial debut, man. That was incredible. Like, that's up there with Shang-Chi for, like, top tier phase four. Like, that was... I loved that. That was beautiful, yeah. This reminded me a lot of Shang-Chi. When I think about Shang-Chi, I think about this tone, <laughs> this atmosphere. She's great. Yeah, I'm really impressed, because Elsa Bloodstone's not an easy character. And huge respect to Harriet Sansom Harris for holding this thing down. And, like, great casting all around. All around, I yeah. agree. I think Sarah Haley Finn, man. Riffing on, like, the 20s, 30s horror movies was such a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant. And I feel like it still makes it. You'll appreciate it more if you like were a fan of those. But if you even if, if you're you not, you're still, you're still. I think there's still lots of. And that's get the runtime. Like I felt like that was the right runtime because it felt like those old movies. Mm -hmm. Like the '30s Man Wolf is like 48 minutes or whatever. Yeah. When's the embargo in this? I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't watch this early. I mean. I will talk about it, it now. Leonardo, no. we, we, we it I was Leonardo. No. I was Leonardo. No. Yeah. I didn't okay. catch the other woman's name though. Damn. I was like, he looks so much buffer. Yeah, as you got to get that Marvel bot, even if you're going to die. <laughs> he was in more than one season of Westworld. You would know that if you watched Westworld. But I you didn't know. watch I didn't more watch than Westworld. one season Leonardo, of since you're watching, I'm mm -hmm. really sorry. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being so cool that one time we got to work together. <laughs> Couldn't even call his name. I knew his name. I just didn't want to say that it. One just guy in case. from Westworld. Because uh, I figured you would go, who? Oh, not everybody knows who Leonardo Nam is. So I was just uh, taking the shortcut to who he, who he is. Oh, see, I would have said he would have been like, oh, not every ra Asian guy is you, you racist, Leonardo Nam. <laughs> that was what I was ready for. So I didn't say it. I was ready for both. You know, it's one thing if I make fun of you guys, but when you guys make fun of me, <laughs> it hurts and it's personal. I'm sorry. And I'm going to change the whole vibe of this room <laughs> in five seconds. He'll do it. Don't make I him. Will. Next He'll time, I'm just going to point and shout, Asian actor, Asian actor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know him. You're making Same. fun of me for how I make fun of you guys. <laughs> Greg feels specifically called out for calling us out. 
is this? I'm the real victim here. How the turntables? Us the, poor bullies getting bullied for being bullied. How the turntables? How the turntables? How the turntables turn? The tables have turned. Ah, see? <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> A deceit. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. Now you know what it's like to be a white guy. You make fun of people, they make fun of you, then you're uncomfortable. <laughs> here we are. I'm the victim for being yeah. in the majority. Yeah, I'm right here being the cause of the problem, victimhood. That was so so clever with the special thanks to Brad Bird, huh? Hey. Oh, uh, cool. And Anthony Giacchino. With, uh, that was so smart with Somewhere Over the Rainbow doing a direct mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz callback. That was great. All right, let's chitty chatty. All right, Coy, where would you rank this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I'd say it's about 13, 14, right? Uh, no, that was incredible. I, I, I did immediately say that when it ended. Uh, I'd say this is in that top third Marvel, all Marvel for me. This was exceptional. It was original. It was inventive. It was what I've been missing about, and I, and I don't disparage Phase Four as much as many, but like this is what I was missing was something that felt bold that didn't sacrifice the integrity of the MCU. The use of this elseworld feel like i could see man thing jumping in and something tomorrow but it also didn't feel like it was sacrificing the characters you can do both and a lot of the phase four things when they've done something really bold felt like it sacrificed the character that was elsa bloodstone that was world by night that was the 70s but i don't feel like it hurt anything else in its journey that was such a unique piece of art i loved that so much yeah i loved it especially with because I, I love those Universal Monster movies. I think they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. And with the most important aspect that I think modern-day movies often miss about when they try to a- adapt those things is the emotional, tragic side. Because so much of what makes those monsters great from the past, what you're talking about, like Frankenstein is probably the most obvious answer, like, like you pointed out. He's just, he's misunder- if you watch like Bride of Frankenstein, you're like, he's just a misunderstood guy. <laughs> he's yeah. not actually like this horrifying being, you know? And that's the big part of what I thought they captured so well, you know, with the werewolf, werewolf by night, and in the man thing as well. It's like there's this fear of of loneliness involved with it, and I thought like, oh, that's so great that that quality more than just aesthetically pleasing, of looking at those old school horror films, they he captured the mood and what you know the external like the the external fear of what the creature is is a manifestation of a lot of the things internally that these that these monsters go through and i thought that was so present with our two main monsters here man thing and the werewolf so i i thought it was excellently done and also just wonderfully composed in 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 all aspects of sound design and didn't go too far like the trailer really went like Full grind tilt house. grindhouse mm-hmm. with the 30s flair to it, and, but this movie was or the special was shot. It felt like a like a full feature, uh, but this special I'm just gonna call it a movie. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was shot modern like with a modern day like framing because you know if this was like really old school it'd be a lot of like wide two shots. Yeah. <laughs> not, Here is our not, set. There's not as much as like cutting back and forth and a lot yeah. of more editing and moving shots, you know. Like they have that. There there is but uh, especially the horror movies they did a lot more editing and a lot more angles than like just a you know a drama or any of those other talkies, you know. But this this was excellent. I, I thought it really captured the spirit and still um what's the word? Not digestible, attainable for audiences. Palatable? Yeah, that's how it works. They all work. All the words work. Words. Every yeah, adjective yeah, is good. Yeah, you can still, f- I still feel like an audience can still get on board for this, even if they didn't grow up on those movies or weren't a big fan. In fact, it might 
click better just because of its cool modernness mm. to it. Well, yeah, it blends really well both tones together. And you said House on Haunted Hill, and I think back to that movie often, and that movie has, you know, like a distinct cast of characters, a distinct group of people you're following, but so do superhero movies. And, like, that's a convergence point you wouldn't necessarily think of, but then you see this and you're like, oh, cool, we got the perfect gallery of eccentric hunters and whatnot to populate this, which feels very akin to the now, but very akin to then in its own way, maybe less outlandish back in the day, but still unique in its character and yeah, this managed to have all the charms of a comic book, and I liked the lightness of the fact that Jack and Ted are just buds, <laughs> and they're just kind of us against the world, yeah. and we're just yeah. kind of really good-natured. Like, that coda at the end is really nice because it is so sweet to temper everything else, and I loved, yeah, the build-up then that comes before all that, and I thought everybody who showed up as the Hunters did a great job. I thought... Um, uh, uh, Verusa, especially Harriet Sansom Harris, was terrific, kind of leading the charge of you know the the opposition. Basically, your sort of antagonists that you're up against, effectively, who you at first kind of are led to believe are your protagonists. Um, and yeah, I, I thought the it, it managed to have the appropriate amount of oomph in the horror aspects and in the again blood gags and stuff in some of the violence that you can hide a little bit in the black and white so that you can have more of your cake and eat it too. Um, yeah. This, that this, earbud, though. That was still hardcore. <laughs> wow, that was one of the most violent things I've seen in the MCU. Well, in that, rip like, it off a of ear like that. Yeah, and the, and the, the uh, throat slice on the ground, the, yeah, the, the sword to the, the head. Like, the choreography on this was incredible. Like, I really loved the fights. I loved how... They had Elsa Bloodstone moving. She she had like a really cool like low center of gravity where she like flung herself with her legs and like used her body weight. Like there was a lot of like Krav Maga. Like there was so much of like if you're a hunter, you are going to have to use your strengths. And like they really made it so it felt like she had a lot of history with hunting these things that were larger than her. That like she used her body as a weapon. And Elsa Bloodstone is a, is a really interesting character in the comics where she's got this like aggressive sass. And I I literally was thinking in the last five minutes. The only thing I wish they'd had her been able to do is swear more. And then they get like one last, they got like a shit in at the end. And I was like, correct. Cause like in the comics, she's just <laughs> like all, uh, like when you swear in a comic book, it's all like those symbols and letters. She just swears. And I was like, man, <laughs> that's one thing I wish we had. And then they, then they gave that to me. Uh, there's a really fun run of Deadpool actually, where, uh, Deadpool decides that he's the king of the monsters. Like he just takes it on himself. He's like, and he's like, I'm a, I'm a run this monster Island for you guys and decrees himself a monster. And then Elsa Bloodstone who hunts monsters, but is also Sympathetic towards them, kind of like has a weird uh, on and off again. Will they? Won't they? In Deadpool's mind, with her, but in her <laughs> mind, she's like, "This is gross." And it's a really fun, like how perception is between characters, and you see how she's characterized in the world of monsters. And there's just a lot of really fun, arrogant control without her being an arrogant character. And I thought they nailed that really well. Like this felt like Elsa Bloodstone, who's that's not an easy character to walk. And then I think the casting of Gail Garcia Bernal. He gave so much heart and empathy and soul to Werewolf by Night, which is what the character is. You need to want to root for him. And that speech in the cage, like Greg pointed out, like that that was such a moment of, oh my God, I care about this guy so much that I'm worried for him and through her. And that experience was so 20s, 30s, 40s monster movie through 70s comic. And then the landing with Man-Thing, that I and the, they also set up geniusly that Man-Thing he and her now with the stone could pop up in an Avengers movie. 
Yeah. Like they said that the age thing. So when they aged up the time through that last coda, like this, this was such an A for me. Like it's it's everything I want from the comic, everything I want from a movie, and it fits in the MCU. Well, I I think they did something really clever to tie this to the MCU, which was the inclusion of the TVA, like TV, the TVA being part of like willing to like like treating this ritual like it's some type of necessity. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, where because I mean you ha- you do have that line uh, from Owen Wilson in um in in. Uh, and Loki. You mentioned the vampires. You mentioned the vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Department of Nightmares. I, I do think they. I, I heard a rumor that they did try to get Wesley, and I want to say Mahershali. They tried to get Mahershali. That would have bl- been confusing. That would have been cool. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is going on here? Team first timelines. Yeah, they, they they did want to get Blade in here, so I I thought that was smart because it it does tie it into the multiverse quality like or else worlds as you were saying earlier mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to which i like yeah and yeah. it also did the thing like i think winter soldier one of the reasons i think winter soldier is is right up there near the top if not the top of my mcu depends on the day uh is it is an espionage movie that happens to have comic characters in it this was a monster movie that happens to have comic characters in it if you've never read werewolf by night if you don't know who elsa bloodstone is which is probably most of you this will still feel like a movie. And mm-hmm. that's so special. And that's what I feel like I've been missing from things like the Doctor Stranges and Thor 4s. Like, it, they don't feel like their own thing, nor do they feel like the characters to me. Part of me was like, if Sam Raimi had done Multiverse of Madison black and white, might have been able to get away with that fight scene that came out. Oh, on that was such a cool fight scene. Yeah. Yeah. The one where Scarlet Witch wasn't using her magic powers. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. She cut off that, that guy's head and uses the corpse. And I was like, oh man, this, there's no way this would have gotten away in a PG-13 no, I see film. why that got cut. Yeah, yeah, it made sense why it got cut, but I'm like, maybe if it was in black and white, might have been able to get away with it. This also reminded me of the Neil Gaiman and Guillermo del Toro tried to make a Doctor Strange movie set in the 20s. Um, and that was cool. going to be like before Scott Derrickson signed on, they pitched a, a period piece, Doctor Strange. That's what our uh, nostalgia period is going to be now. 20s. The but 20s. Like, <laughs> but can you imagine? Can you imagine? 20s. All <laughs> our soups are buying stocks. <laughs> but imagine Doctor Strange in this. Imagine a, a, you know, a, a Ghost Rider. Like a, any of the Midnight Suns in this would be so special. I mean, I mean, John, you could probably speak a lot to this as well is that because you said it in the 20s. Or what I mean, aesthetically, you said it in um, that kind of time period, twenties to forties, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm, so, not, I'm not a historian. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so you you said it in that kind of time period. You can actually get away with a lot more of moments that could feel campy, uh, if it's like some violence or some shots that you in color might feel student filmy. But because it's in this aesthetic, you're like, nah, but it works. It's it just always works because of the fact that. It's it's this aesthetic, so yeah. Yeah, it lends itself to both the dark tones and the lighter tones, which I think is nice in in a way that doesn't rest too hard. Like the promo does make you go, "Oh, this looks like a more grindhouse, like the movie grindhouse style experience, where it looks like it will kind of lean on, uh, yeah, those nicks and those mistakes." And it doesn't do that so much, but it does use the tone, yeah, to to create a sort of natural kind of uh, back and forth between the things that are darker that then make you go, oh, dang, I wasn't expecting that, and then the things that are light and fun. Yeah. Well, I think the trailers make you think that it might go more aggressive horror. Mm. And I could see a version where audiences are a bit let down by this because of the fact that it doesn't really push that mm. aggressive type 
of just chaotic horror the way the trailers were sort of presenting it as. It was way less chaotic than the trailer, yeah. No, but it had that melancholic somberness about its characters. Again, that is very much like those older films. And I think if you have any kind of awareness for that, it, you'll see like, no, that this is actually the more apt way to make this if you're going for, for that type of uh, style overall. And I, I also, I mean, we got to really appreciate, too, the fact that they, I mean, other than like Man Thing, they, they really went practical yeah. with, 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 a, with a lot of designs. Like I seeing werewolf first time. I was like, they did it. They made him. That's what was great uh, about putting, you know, be, because it, in color, I'm wondering what it will trans like in color. They're, they're probably going to have to really update some of the, the edginess and the shadowing right. um, for the werewolf. But in terms of you, you put him in a costume, like it's, it just looks like a guy in a werewolf costume. And it works for this, for this version. Yeah, it's so classic, and I, and I like how they did kind of give him a bit of a fighter build. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I love how yeah. it moved too. I love that they gave him like a boundingness. I love like his his like his spine seemed to elongate where he could move. Like, yes. they really did a lot of incredible practical body work. And I, and I was even saying during one of the fights earlier, like I love the dichotomy when he was human, how stiff he moved. Like when they were talking, Elsa had this fluidity. She had this like I'm a fighter in this mode. He doesn't fight when he's not no, a no. werewolf. And I love that he looked kind of stiff. He couldn't quite navigate the world even in addition to the fear and the way he wasn't good at hunting which we noticed immediately with the way he physically moved was like someone that didn't know how to use their body and yeah. then she was like yeah, yeah, yeah i got this yeah. well he had this um he had a bit of that acrobatic martial artist approach mm. to it but it never went too too mar- they didn't become like underworld or some shit like it, it, uh. it was it, it it still maintained being a werewolf yeah and i thought that was that was that was awesome there's so much awesomeness about <laughs> what the hell David cont- silverman's work is the flaming tuba i, I love how <sighs> contained it was I th- well and two i appreciated that they give you the opportunity now they they did a classic shadow transformation you see like a close-up mm. on his hand but you know werewolf movies throughout you know their history have a number of different motifs that I think you're still kind of able now to anticipate the next time we see Werewolf by Night. Because part of me was going, okay, are we going to do the sort of uh, Rick Baker, like, full-on, we're going to watch it happen transformation? And not that I ever really expect them, like, the next Werewolf by Night thing to do, like, a full-on practical werewolf transform, but we have that to look forward to at least. What is it going to look like when we actually watch it head-on, that transformation? Um but I think the reaction of Elsa Bloodstone oh, was God, that stronger. Was cool. No, 100%. I think they yeah. did it the right way here. And I think, that, again, the shadow transformation is so classic. And I think, yeah, playing that against a reaction is a lot more effective, especially for your first time, than just seeing the transformation up close, you know? Yeah. And Man-Thing's powers were so cool, like, <laughs> especially in black and white, to see that, 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 that fear, that power in him. And he felt so powerful. Like, there was, there was a really cool weight to him, which we haven't seen in a lot of CGI characters lately. Like, I felt like in color and black and white, there was an actual Man-Thing. Like, there was, there was a presence to that character, which felt like I cannot wait to see him again. The one... Th- aspect of this that i i still feel like they could have done in in the scripting uh, that I, I did find myself kind of craving a tad more of was the other hunters you could have kept the same amount of screen time mm. it's just the dialogue given 
I, I think you could have done something to really make everyone feel more unique, like, more unique, a distinct personality. Mm. Uh, yeah, only it, the Scotsman really got. It only it was only the Scotsman. <laughs> yeah, and then everyone he, he was Scottish. Is, <laughs> he was everyone else is his personality. Look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, personality yeah. Scottish. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's like if you can't like okay, give them a cool weapon or something like that. Uh, I mean, they all got like some somewhat of a cool weapon. It, it's give them some type of personality to really make you stand out in in, in some way. Um, other than like that's the Asian one, that's the black one, that's the Scottish one, <laughs> you know. Kung Fu, <laughs> arm, arrow, and axe. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was it was great. I think for uh, and it was a solid runtime. Yeah, that hour was perfect. I think like I want uh, now that we've had our first special edition, I'm even more excited for the next and the Guardians and like what we do with our holiday specials. So this is our Halloween. We got we got a Guardians Christmas coming up. Um, I that's I, true, I yeah. that's Halloween, around the corner. Halloween it's special then Guardians special. Yeah, yeah we're like true. six weeks out. Like this is moving and grooving. Um, so I, I think it's really special that we have the Marvel Universe. This is like what I used to defend with Marvel putting out a lot of stuff, is that this is a special and it is unique to itself, but it all fits in the MCU. And I've said that three times in this review, but I want more things that work like this. And if that means specials totally. instead of movies or instead of shows, yes, please. This was ideal. Yeah, 100%. Hundo P. Anything else you want to add on before we close out, John? No, I think we're good. First appearance of Moon Knight was in Werewolf by Night, so if you enjoyed this, uh, check out some Werewolf by Night comics and definitely check out Elsa Bloodstone. I believe there was a... and I think it was the second episode. There was like a bus on the top of the bus that had a... Uh, it had, it had a reference to the comic number that he appeared in. Oh, did you in. see that? Was that in here? No, no, no. no oh, in Moon Knight. I was Moon like, Knight. I didn't even yeah. see a bus. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Moon Knight, yeah. I think that was a very specific Easter. I was definitely I checking the names. I that correctly. <laughs> I was checking the names on the tombstones uh -huh. in, the, or like the, in that mausoleum. And the closest one, I think there was one next to her mom or her aunt or whatever, uh, that looked like it might have been a reference to um, Wendigo, uh, but I couldn't quite discern it. I love this maze to like there's so many things I would love to to see the breakdown or just to go back over and pour over this for to see what other movies they took from. Yeah, because I got not the most dangerous game has a maze necessarily, but I got kind of that vibe, too. And uh, yeah, just like this classic gothic estate that has like these sprawling grounds. And, and yeah, this this like very specialized garden maze of sorts, like so many great classic tropes I just want to live well. some, some love to Michael Giacchino like what he was able to do yeah. with composing and building a world you notice you pointed out the atmosphere uh I I want him to I mean I don't want him to stop composing so please just have more time in your life but like I want yeah. more from him because this was such a, a really impressive debut and I love his use of tone and I think his, his being a composer of that repute really established he can build a world like I could feel this world immediately and I think that came from the strength of him being able to build worlds through music he did the music yeah. too for this. Yeah, he did the music because yeah, it's so cla Like I love that too. That they really leaned into classic strings and horns and all that stuff. I mean, he probably did his best work on this one. <laughs> it's oh like, yeah, man. This is gonna be because he he really had control of the narrative. Yeah. So well, he, you could probably uh, hear it while he was shooting it. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. Like I imagine I'm his brain was processing the way how like you have directors like Edgar Wright who, or Tarantino who often make film their scenes around the, uh, the yeah. soundtracks they want to use he probably his brain was doing that in real time like <laughs> yeah, he was just time. like this is what it feels like posing yeah, yeah while just hearing the the score and in that's his head. so unique and that's and it felt it that's probably how he was able to really help um establish an emotion too even with such a short runtime I think. yeah mm -hmm. i agree because i felt every minute of this yeah and, and it all felt right love those theremin sounds all right Man. guys are you excited for 
the werewolf and man thing to return and when they really up the comedy on their adventures <laughs> in the future. They make a buddy cops. I'm really excited super for that funny. man thing lawyer show. <laughs> a lot of self aware jokes mm-hmm. about being werewolves. Am I a man thing or a thing man? <laughs> thing bad. <laughs> Judd Apatow is man thing coming soon. <laughs> you know there's gonna <laughs> go ahead, Are you Marvel. Called man thing because you got a big man thing. <laughs> pretty, pretty excited for I love you, man thing. I yeah, that's great. Too. They're gonna bromance them up it's so, be much. so much. So much bromance. Broman things. Broman things. I do want one thing I'll say is I I do want because uh, I know you really appreciate the Elsa Bloodstone fighting. Uh, I for me was like. I, in the future, if it worked this time around, but I would want a little bit more of a distinct style to her fighting. So you didn't think she had a distinct style? Not really. I, I mean, this is usually how they choreograph women in fight scenes. In and, and, but there wasn't an, any CGI. Like, they actually let her fight. So I, no, that was, that's that was, what I liked. Okay, it wasn't yeah, like yeah. a bunch of, like, freaking, like when she does the, takes them down. Like, yeah. I like how the flips were in, like, one shot and it was good choreography. And when she does like wrap her legs around, yeah, it all felt uh, like more like yeah, you could act, keep it in camera versus yeah. like cut, 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 uh, which I like. Uh, I, I still so I think the way captured wise was different. Choreography I wise, I, I I want something that really has a distinct style of. It's like they found a distinct style for the werewolf, which is easier to lean into because you got an actual monster. Mm-hmm. But for her, you know, it's also Bloodstone. You fight your character. I want. I, I would like them to see what different thing they can do the way they found it for cap and winter soldier like yeah yeah they, yeah they didn't find it for him in the first one but in winter soldier they're like we got to find style for captain america now. yeah hmm. and, and i think they could do that for elsa bloodstone shout out to ninja brewski the stunt guy for captain america who is also daredevil stunt double for the hallway fight great guy oh chris brewster buddy of mine. awesome to hear. all right guys we'll leave your thoughts down below subscribe click that bell follow coy on the coy jondro show on tiktok <laughs> That's what I call it. The Koi Jandro Show. Koi's Comic Corner isn't narcissistic enough, so I called my TikTok the Koi Jandro Show. Come to the Koi Jandro Show, see? see? <laughs> extra, extra. Flaming tubas. <laughs> Just after I've got my, After my third Mexican pizza, flaming tubas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, guys. I hear that. We'll see you all soon. <laughs> Thank you, guys.